the invitation. I do not take it lightly nor casually. It's, a, it's an honor to be invited to this conference, which I believe is one of the greatest conferences that's going today in the apostolic Pentecostal ring. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. <clears throat> I appreciate Brother Guy Godwin and Brother Chatwell and Brother Schweitzer, Brother Harmon and Brother Renfro. These are friends of a long time, and they are wonderful men of God, and I appreciate them so much. And then my friend, Brother Howard, Brother Gary Howard, I'm telling you that words would not be sufficient tonight to tell you what this man has meant to me. I dearly love and appreciate this man. He is a man of God. He preached for us more than once. In fact, he was with us this past fall. He was preaching at East Coast Conference, and he came by, consented to come by and preach for us on Tuesday night before it started on Wednesday. What a mighty message he preached in our church, and what an outstanding message he preached at the East Coast Conference. Amen. I mean, it wasn't just good, it was outstanding. And I appreciated everything he said. It was just marvelous, and it's good to be here with all of you. Thank you for the nice room, the food, the good fellowship has been outstanding. The singing, the music, don't get any better in the choir. That choir just blessed my heart. Amen. How many appreciate the Spirit of God that you feel here tonight? <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. We've got to have a vision for the work of the Lord, and without a vision, we'll not get God's work done. Amen. We need that vision in our heart burning every day, <clears throat> a vision for the gospel and for what God wants to do. Someone has said, that with no vision, you will perish. With blurred vision, you will be frustrated. But with a focused vision, you will succeed. And I believe that these messages and these services have helped us to get focused a little better on the work of God and the will of God and what God has for our lives. Amen. I want to leave here inspired to do more for God than I've done in the past. Can you say amen? How many want to leave here inspired? That's the purpose of a meeting. When we leave here, we can take the spirit and the power and the word, what we felt and received, and take it home with us. Hallelujah. Amen. General George Patton said one time, always do more than is required of you. Always do more than is required. And I believe it was Paul that said to, in the book of Philemon, he said, I have confidence that you will do more than I say. Amen. And I believe when we take the spirit of this meeting home with us, God's going to do some great things in our churches. How many would like to be a witness for truth, for the Lord, for the name of the Lord, for the gospel? Praise God. Let's turn to Revelation 2, verse 1 tonight. <clears throat> the fact is that everybody's got the Holy Ghost in this building is called to be a witness. Amen. God has not retained many of us as lawyers. But he has subpoenaed every one of us to be a witness. Amen. And I believe that when we leave this place, we're going to go forth and do that, the will of God. I, like the other brethren that preached here, I prayed and tried to find the mind of God for this service. With all this great preaching, I don't know what there is left to preach. They've, they've gone from Dan to Beersheba. I mean, these men have covered everything. But the choir sing right now. The last song they sing, you got to go back. 
And so that kind of fits with what I want to talk about tonight. So I'm feeling a little more comfortable now. Praise God. Revelation 2, verse 1. Revelation 2, verse 1. And um, what I'll preach tonight will not be uh, deeply theological. It will not be some outstanding sermon. I know that. And it will be rather simple. That's the way most of my sermons are. They're rather simple. What would you expect come from me? But, uh, you know, I, I tried one time, and I preached a fancy sermon one time. One time, I really did. I preached a fancy sermon. And I, Brother Lance, I mean, it was really fancy. And I put it up there. When I got through and got out of the building, God told me, he said, I didn't like a bit of that. I didn't care a thing about that sermon. And I said, well, God, I believe you're right. I didn't care much for it myself. I don't even know why I preached it. And so ever since then, I promised God I'd never preach another fancy sermon the rest of my life. Praise God. And uh, I told him I'd never do it again, so I'm not going to try that tonight. Revelation 2, verse 1, to the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars at his right hand, walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them to be liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Please turn to chapter 3, Revelation 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Now, I've read from chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation, and uh, we know this comes through the seven churches of Asia, and the church in Sardis I want to look at tonight. He said, Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Then in verse 2, he said, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Notice, he said, uh, You've already got a lot of things that's died. In your church you've got a name you live but you're dead he said but there's some things that remain and you need to strengthen them that are ready to die there's some things that have already died in your church but there's some other things that are just about gone they are ready to die and I want to preach tonight on this subject I want my old church I want my old church back. Brother Howard, come up here, please, sir. And I want you to pray right now in the name of the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Please join with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your divine presence that's in this house right now. 
There's already such a hallowed anointing upon this pulpit. Speak through Brother Godair, the oracles of God. Speak to our hearts. Help us to respond to the word of the Lord. Every one of us, God, that are here tonight, help us to examine ourselves and to strengthen those things that remain in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. The word uh, church probably has some different meanings. Most of us look at the meaning of the word church as the ecclesia are the called out ones. We have truly been called out, out of darkness, out of sin, out of bondage, out of tradition, out of man-made doctrines, dogmas, and theologies. We have been called into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. We've been called out of something great, but we've also uh, been called in, or in, a, in a great calling we've been called out. And what we've been called into is a wonderful church. I want to tell you up front tonight, I'm glad to be a part of this church. I'm glad to be a part of the church. The church is not a building. The church is not brick and mortar and stone. The church is not just music and choirs, although we've heard some of the best. The church is not just talent. Amen. Unsanctified talent is one of the most dangerous things that I know of in the church. I've seen people that had tremendous talent, but their talent was not sanctified and committed to God. And it became a very dangerous thing in their hands. Amen. The church is the body of Christ. And Jesus is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. The church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus himself is the bridegroom. Someone said some time back that the church is already without a spot or a wrinkle. But I say that if that be true, that she's still got bulges in all the wrong places. And in the New Testament, the church was more than just a social group. The church was more than just a gathering of congenial people. The church is the family of God. The church is made up of blood-washed saints of God from every walk of life. I said, I'm glad to be in the church tonight. First Peter 2 and 9 said, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. This is a marvelous light. This is a marvelous truth we enjoy tonight. This is a great church we're a part of tonight. Now, I do not speak of an organization, our denomination, or some man-made fellowship. I speak of the body of Christ. And by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. If you've got the Holy Ghost and I have the Holy Ghost, we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I said by one spirit, we've all been baptized into one body. Matthew 16, Jesus said, Upon this rock, by this revelation of truth, Peter had correctly identified the personage of Jesus and correctly identified his deity and lordship. And he said, upon that rock, or upon that revelation of truth, I will build my church. He used the personal pronoun I and my. 
He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The devil's fought this church for 2,000 years. And praise God, he's never won. And I got good news tonight. He's not going to win tonight. Be encouraged. Be strengthened in the Lord. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. You're a part of a glorious church. The Apostle Paul said that the Lord will present unto himself, not to some other member of the triune Godhead, but the Lord will present to himself a glorious church without a spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing, but that it should be holy. I'm glad I'm in the church tonight. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 and 11, For other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul said in Colossians 1, 24, that the church is the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the ecclesia. Thank God for the new birth. That's the way to get in the church. You don't join the church. You don't sign your way into it. You don't just walk the aisle. You don't just sign the card. You don't just shake hands with the preacher. You don't just walk the Roman road. Hallelujah. I've got churches all over. You may be seated. I've got churches all over my city. They tell you to walk the Roman road. And they go to Romans 10 to try to tell you how to be saved. They go to Ephesians 2 to try to tell you how to be saved. The only problem with that is those people were already baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I said the folks in Romans were already baptized in Jesus' name, Romans 6. They already had the Holy Ghost, Romans 8. And Paul was simply recounting their conversion and their experience and their relationship with God. But if you want to be saved, my friend, there's only one book that I know of that tells you how to be saved. And that's the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Hallelujah. You won't find out how to be saved in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll go to the book of Acts. For it's in that book that the plan of salvation is freely given. Praise God. And then when you go to Romans, on over, that's written to saints already filled with the Spirit. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Let's do what the choir said tonight. Praise God. Let's go back to our origination point, our beginning point. Let's find out who we are and what we are and what we have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not a defeated church. It's not a despondent church. It's not a backslid church. It's not a bedraggled church. The Lord's not coming back for a carnal, lukewarm church. Praise God. But if Jesus comes tonight, he's got a church that's going to ready, be ready to go. If he comes tomorrow, he'll have a church. Let's clap our hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. I believe that revival is an experience in the church. I said revival is an experience in the church. And evangelism is an expression of the church. And if you get revival 
in the church. There's going to be some evangelism on the outside that's going to uh, express the glory of God to others that need help and need salvation. When I say tonight I want my old church back, I'm not speaking of a personal possession. It's not my church personally. And uh, lest I would be misunderstood, I don't think I will. A good pastor from uh, Malden, Missouri is here. I talked to him since he's been here. We started that church in May. It'll be 40 years ago, and he's here tonight. He's pastoring that church, and I understand doing a good job and God's blessing. I'm not wanting to go back to Malden, Missouri. When I say I want my old church back, I'm not talking about back in the state of Missouri. Praise God. I'm talk when I say I want my old church back, I'm speaking of, 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 of an experience, of a relationship. I'm speaking of, of, of a church that had the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, I believe all of God's people ought to have a home church. I said, I believe all of God's people ought to have a home church. Somebody said, well, I'll just go over here on Sunday morning, somewhere else Sunday night, just wherever the Lord leads. Let me tell you, sir, the Lord's not leading you to go to one place one Sunday and another place the next Sunday. That's not the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Everybody needs a home church. Everybody needs a place where they can park and say, I've got a shepherd. I've got a pastor. I've got a man of God in my life. I'm going to go further and say, you will not be saved without a man of God in your life. There's got to be a shepherd that's guiding you in this pilgrim journey. Hallelujah. You may be seated. One lady came to a pastor one time, Brother Godwin, and she said, uh, I want to join the choir. And the pastor never met her before. And he said, Ma'am, what church do you belong to? She said, I belong to God's invisible church. <laughs> he said, Well, then I suggest that you join God's invisible choir. <laughs> Praise God. The fact is, everybody needs a place where you can say, that's my church. I said, everybody needs a place where you can say, that's my church. You can say it with honor and authority. That's my church. That's my pastor. That's my brother and sister in Christ. These are the people I love, I fellowship, and I worship with. You may be seated. I, I, I guess I'm a little old-fashioned, but I still believe well to call each other brother or sister. I just can't get caught up in this charismatic philosophy and mentality of just Joe and Sam and Bill and John. I still believe well to say brother and sister. I don't care if you're in the mall or a restaurant or anywhere else. Praise God. I got on the airplane Wednesday morning with six Mormon boys. Wasn't a one of them over 20 years old. They had a tag on there that said elder. Well, the fact is they're not an elder according to Paul's writings, but if they're not ashamed of who they are, hallelujah, the church of Jesus Christ tonight ought not to be ashamed of who we are and what we possess through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I said, what's wrong with calling each other brother and sister? I don't like this Pastor Bob and Pastor Jim stuff. 
Praise God. I, all right, are you still with me? I said a lot of churches out there, even Pentecostal churches, they claim. I call him the pastor, Pastor Bob or Jim, by his first name. I think there ought to be a respect that goes with the apostolic ministry. All right. I said, Brother Watkins, there ought to be a respect that goes for the apostolic ministry. It's not just Pastor Jim or Bob. Hallelujah. That's the man of God. That's the watchman on the wall. That's the man that's getting me to heaven. You ought to thank God every day for your pastor and your shepherd that's helping to get you to heaven. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. I must move on. When I say I want something back, I want something that's been lost. That's what I mean. I want something that's been lost, but I want it back. And uh, the writer said, there's some things in your church that's already dead, verse 1. But he said, there's some things, verse 2, that's not dead yet. And if you will strengthen that, which is not dead, then it will remain. I believe God's calling on the apostolic church in this hour to strengthen the things we have that remain. Hallelujah. In spite of the dilemma we face tonight, the church will survive. I said the church will survive. In spite of the cynicism of the church, the church will survive. In spite of the criticism of the church, the church will survive. In spite of the mockers of the church, the church will survive. In spite of the scoffers of the church, the church will survive. Hallelujah. In spite of those who fight against the church, the church will survive. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And praise God, when you've done everything to stand, just stand there. Hallelujah. There's some people that can run fast, but they can't stand fast. Paul said to stand fast and be steadfast. Hallelujah. I'll run with you, brother, but there's a time when you got to dig your heels in and say, bless God, I'm a part of this church, and we're not going to capitulate to the world. Hallelujah. We are God's chosen representatives on the face of this earth. Shout with me and praise his name, somebody. Oh, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated. I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues, in the state of Missouri, in February 1956. Last month's been 46 years. Amen. Since I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost. I was 15 years old. I was a teenager. Amen. And when I first came into church, there was a truth that was taught. There's a truth that was proclaimed. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't just taught, it was caught. There's a lot of people that hear teaching, but they don't receive it. I'm glad truth is taught and caught. 
When your pastor preaches from the pulpit, you ought to sit on the edge of the, of the seat of the pew and say, feed me, pastor. Feed me, preacher. You may be seated. There was a truth that was taught to me in 1956. And I'm going to tell you, those old-time preachers, they didn't make any bones about it. They preached the Word of God. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, preach the Word. He said, be instant in season and out of season. He said, reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own ears shall they heap to themselves teachers having its in ears, and they shall turn away from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry, for the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me, and not to me only, but as of him also that love his appearing. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. The writer said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Ecclesiastes 3, 14. Whatever God does, it'll be forever. I'm quoting Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. Notice verse 15. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Notice what he said. And God requireth that which is past. It didn't say he prefers it. It said he requires it. It didn't say he recommends it. It said he requires it. It didn't say he suggests it. It said he requires it. The word require means to demand it back. There's some things that we're in danger of losing in the apostolic church. Now I think it's time that somebody roll up their sleeves, praise God, and demand it back. Hallelujah. To require is to demand it back. It means to retrieve that which is lost. Remember this. The product is a result of the recipe. The product is the result of a recipe. And what you put in it is what you're going to get out. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, Brother Godair, you must be old-fashioned. Yes, sir, I am. And get more happy about it every day. I've never been so glad, so happy to be apostolic as I am tonight. Praise God. You may be seated. If you're going to church and you're a little ashamed of your church, brother, it's time to get out of that spirit of shame and fear and intimidation. Lift up your head. Be happy that you're Jesus' name. Be happy that you're apostolic. Be happy that you believe in one God. Hallelujah.
hallelujah, in a world that's given in on everything pertaining to religious matters, it's refreshing to be in a church that knows who you are and what you've got and who gave it to you. Hallelujah. It's time for God's people to get excited about being old-time Pentecost. Hallelujah. And I promise you tonight that I won't preach one thing here that I don't preach at home. Praise God. I said, I promise you, I won't preach one thing. I've heard preachers go to a convention and preach something because it's popular. I don't preach what I believe and what I preach because it's popular. Brother, this truth was put in my heart. There's people leaving the truth every, every day and saying, I never did believe it. I feel sorry for the sorry rascals. Amen. If they never did believe it, why did they preach it? Why did they put on a hypocritical front? If you don't believe Jesus' name baptism, quit preaching it. Let somebody preach it that does believe. You don't believe the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Quit preaching it, bless God. Let somebody preach it that does believe it. You don't take, if you don't believe, it takes born again of water and spirit to be saved. Quit preaching it and let some of us that do believe it preach it. Glory. Well, I feel like shouting tonight. Somebody praise God with me. You may be seated. Yes, sir. We're a little old-fashioned. But so is decency. So is morality. So is having children in wedlock. Hallelujah. Yeah, I guess I'm a little old-fashioned. Praise God. But no one has ever proved to me yet that you can build a great nation on abortion and gay rights and no Bible and no prayer. And no one has ever proved to me yet you can build a great church without some principles of truth and righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You show me every great church that's existing tonight. There's a man of God in the pulpit that believes the truth and is preaching it and standing for it. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Most Pentecostal churches that compromise and follow the route of compromise, they don't do what their stated objective is. They think that by compromising, they'll grow. Most of them don't grow. And if they do grow, what is numbers if you don't have the truth? Hallelujah. I'm interested in numbers for one thing. That represents every soul, and every soul is precious. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to get caught up in this numbers business at the expense of compromising this great truth that we hold dear to our heart tonight. I want my whole church back. 
Praise God, praise God, praise God. I said I want my old church back. 46 years ago, I got in this church. Praise God, I want everything back that we had then and was preached at Pentecost in the book of Acts. You may be seated. And uh, so Pentecostal churches that follow compromise usually don't go. They actually go down. They go down in numbers. They defeat their own purpose. And uh, I've seen many of them drop down half where they used to be. And they say, oh, but thank God we're free. That's not freedom. The truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I'm going to church now where we can do anything we want to. I'm just free as I can be. You're not free. You're in bondage. You're free to take dope too, but the one that does it is in bondage. You're free to drink liquor, but the one that does it is in bondage. You're free to smoke cigarettes, but the one that does it is in bondage. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And you may be seated. I'm not saying that all of these things are wrong all the time. But when churches lose the power of God, the anointing of God, the priest's word, they turn to dramas, lectures, church cinemas, seminars, and cell ministry. You say, I'm using some of that. If you're using some of that and still in the truth, all right. I don't think you can use everything I talked about there. But you know what we need tonight? We need some old-fashioned Holy Ghost services. There's nothing wrong with this apostolic church that a good old-fashioned move of God wouldn't take care of. Hallelujah. One Pentecostal church said recently on Super Bowl Sunday, they went to their family life center and they eat popcorn and drink Coca-Colas and they watch the Super Bowl and they claim to be Pentecostal. I want to tell you tonight, that's not the church I'm a part of. Now, I'm not here to be mean and I'm not here to be ugly, but brother, folks that'll bring the Super Bowl in their church, I'm not a part of their church. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they claim. I don't care what name they got on the signboard. Hallelujah. You can have Pentecost on the outside of the signboard, but not have Pentecost on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're going to put a hen house over the door, make sure you got some chickens in there. Huh? If you're going to claim to be Pentecostal, make sure you got something from the book of Acts on the inside. I told our church Sunday night week ago, there's three things that's killing Pentecost, so-called Pentecostal, and that is Hollywood, and that is sports, and that is rock music. Hallelujah. I said it at home. I'm going to say it in Tulsa tonight. We don't need Hollywood. We don't need sports, and we don't need rock music.
Hallelujah. 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 This is not a Hollywood church. This is a book of Acts church. This is a clean church. This is a godly church. This is a holy church. Hallelujah. Called out of sin. When God saved us, he brought us out of that. You may be seated. I had a young man come tell me recently. He said, Pastor, I gave up drugs. He said, I was a drug addict. He said, I gave up my drinking. I was pretty bad to drink. But he said, there's one thing I can't give up. And I said, what's that? He said, my rock music. He said, I'm addicted to it. You know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me in that moment and said you'd be surprised if you knew how many young people are sitting on church pews that are going out in their car are in the bedroom at night listening to that filthy, dirty, perverted rock music. Hallelujah. I said it has no place in the life of a child of God. If you've got rock music or sadistic country music in your house, why don't you get rid of the tapes? Why don't you get rid of the CDs? Why don't you start singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Churches that are calling themselves Pentecost are stopping their midweek Bible study and having just a group in the house. Hallelujah. I believe in teaching home Bible studies. Don't get me wrong. And there may be a group of them there. But brother, let me tell you, this is no time to stop having midweek service just because some charismatic church does that. I want to tell you, apostolics, we need a midweek service. We need a Bible study, if you please, where the man of God gets in the pulpit and sets a direction and charts a course for the church to follow. My God, hallelujah. You may be seated. I heard one person, I was in church here a while back. They shouted and run the aisles and didn't have any preaching. One young man said, I wish every service was like this. I said, just a minute. I didn't even know him. I said, just a minute. Don't say that. He said, why? This was so wonderful. I said, don't say, I wish every service was shouting. I believe in shouting. I believe in running the aisles. I believe in talking in tongues. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the power of God. But there comes a time when the man of God needs to open the Bible and say, thus saith the word of God. The truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. When you stop your midweek service, sir, you're going to water down your church. And after a while, it'll be weak and anemic. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you say, Brother Godair, what are you talking about? You said you want your old church back. All right, let me enumerate tonight. Number one, I want back old-fashioned prayer. Everybody say prayer. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about praying 30 seconds with your eyes open. I'm not talking about going to the prayer room and talking to everybody as they come in. 
I'm not talking about sitting on the altar in the prayer room watching everybody else. Hey, I tell them at home, if you're not going to pray, get out of the prayer room. Don't just sit there and stare at us. Don't just sit there and look at us. The prayer room is no place for the sitters and the stares and the gazers and the watchers. We need old-fashioned prayer. I want old church back. Brother Howard, my old church, 46 years ago when I came in, there was some powerful spirits anointed praying. I want my old church back. Maybe seated. I want back prayer before church. Instead of visiting and talking and talking about everything on the sun, I want to see some men and women, young people, that know where the prayer room is. You showed me somebody that's in the process of backsliding. I'll show you somebody that's not too acquainted with a prayer room. We need prayer before church. We need prayer during church. We need prayer during the week. We don't need Sunday praying only. We need Monday praying and Tuesday praying and Wednesday praying and Thursday praying and Friday praying and Saturday praying and Sunday praying. My God, I want the old church back. A church that knew how to pray. What does the scripture say? Pray without ceasing. What does the scripture say? Men ought always to pray and not to faint. What did Jesus say? This kind only comes by prayer and fasting. We'd like to see the miracles, but there's a price to be paid in fasting and prayer if we're going to see the supernatural in our churches. What does the scripture say? I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. What does the Bible say? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal the land. We need some old-fashioned, heaven-sent, heart-rending praying. I want my old church back. The book of Acts depicts to us a praying church. Hallelujah. Prayer. The Bible talks about building up yourselves in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Not just verbiage and wordage and saying something, but something that flows from a heart that's in tune with God. Prayer. Prayer. Young people, we need praying youth. Young married couples, you ought to be the strength of your local church. Praise God. We need young married couples that pray. Middle-aged folks, we need some middle-aged folks that pray. Senior citizens, I know you're not as strong as you used to be. You don't have the strength and vitality. Praise God. You may not run around the church that much, but as long as you got hands, you ought to lift them unto God. 
Hallelujah. We need some praying mothers in Zion. We need some praying daddies. We need some praying saints. We need prayer meetings at the church where people are crying out to God and begging God for his power and his glory in the church. I want my whole church back. I want my old church back because my old church 46 years ago was a praying church. We come along in 2002 and we have little seminars on how to do it and books and how to do it. And that's all right, I guess, to a degree. But I'm going to tell you, friend, that we don't need another seminar on prayer. We just need to get with it and do it. Brother Johnson, we just need to pray. Hallelujah. After you get through your seminars, you'll have a prayer as dead as your seminar is. Praise God. But brother, when you go in that prayer room, hallelujah, the sweetest sound I've ever heard in the church I pastor is not our choir, it's not our youth chorale, it's not our music, but it's going by there at 11 o'clock at night and hearing some men in the prayer room saying, oh God, oh God, oh God. Bless my pastor. God bless the church. God send revival. God save the lost. God heal our sick. God strengthen our people. That's the sweetest sound of a church. It's a prayer room that's filled with people who know how to pray. I said, I want my old church back. Number two, and I'm going to move quickly. Faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. It's just going to be plain and simple tonight. Praise God. When new converts come to church, they always come to me saying, Pastor, couldn't we have a few more services? And some of the old converts are griping and saying, Don't you think we have church too much? Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to keep the spirit of a new convert. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After a while, my friend, when you have less church services, then people begin to stay home over every little thing. I'm sick and tired of bringing prayer requests to the platform for somebody that stayed at home that feels better than I do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, apostolics. If you're going to miss church, you ought to have a good reason. If you got a backache, come to church and get prayed for. If you got a headache, come to church and get prayed for. If you're not feeling good, come to church and get prayed for. We need faithfulness. God, I want my old church back. When I, when I started, maybe see, when I started evangelizing, 1960, evangelized 50, 1959, I'm sorry, 59 to 62, we had church seven nights a week. You say, are you advancing that? I, I'm not saying that. It's up to every pastor to decide how much to have church. But I'm saying we don't need a bunch of carnal, half-backslid saints saying that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night is too much church. 
if there's 168 hours in a week and you spend two hours at church on Sunday morning, two on Sunday night, two on Wednesday night, that's six hours in church and 162 hours for yourself. All right, you can say amen or me. I said I want my old church back. I want to see faithfulness revived. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I don't think we ought to stay at home when company comes by. Hallelujah. If I have company on church tonight, I'm going to say, go to church with me. If they say no, Brother Harmon, I'm going to say, the refrigerator's right in here. Help yourself. Here's a table. Here's some chairs. I can't furnish you a TV. I can't furnish you a video, but I'll give you a refrigerator. Praise God. You know what? I'm 61 years old. I've never lived in a house with a television. I've never lived in a house with a video. And I think I might can make it the rest of the way without it. And some of you darlings don't have television or video, but you're watching something on the Internet that's not pleasing to God. You better get right with God tonight. Well, you may be seated. I'm just going to chase little rabbits here and there. Praise God. Praise God. Had a lady to come to me a little over a year ago. She said, Pastor, knocked on my door, office door. She said, I'm in love with another man. She's got a husband. She's got a precious dar darling daughter. I said, where's she live? Oh, I met him on the Internet. I said, have you ever seen him? No, I saw his picture. Have you ever saw him in person? No, never have. Sunday school teacher. I tried to pray for her. I wish I could tell you we salvaged her. But tonight, she's gone. There's a spirit in this chat room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said there's a spirit in that chat room. A saint of God don't belong there with a bunch of sinners, a bunch of reprobates, a bunch of backsliders, a bunch of homosexuals and child molesters. Why don't you get out of the chat room and let's have a little talk with Jesus. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. Come on, saint of God. Get out of that chat room. Have your prayer meeting. Start witnessing. Start winning souls. Start teaching Bible studies. My God have mercy. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Pornography on the internet is a major thing in our day. 
And there's people sitting right here tonight, I feel in the spirit, that's guilty of such. And you ought to pray and repent before you leave here tonight. I want the whole church back. I said, I want the whole church back. You don't have any business watching pornography anywhere. You don't have any business with a Playboy magazine. Hallelujah. Get your heart right with God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said, the devil thinks he's smart. If he can't get you on TV, get you on video, can't get you there, he'll get you on the Internet. I'm going to tell you, you better have enough of God in your life. You may be seated. Your pastor can't keep up with all the technology. You better have some Holy Ghost in your heart. I want my old church back. I said, I want my old church back. I want my old church back. It was a praying church. It was a faithful church. Praise God. I said, if you have company, don't stay home with them. Don't go visit family and friends on church night. Some people say, I can't come to midweek service. I got to get up the next day and go to work. Big deal. We've been working ever since I was a kid in the fields. We don't need to pamper this flesh and pet this flesh. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was raised on a farm. Brother Godwin, I was chopping cotton, making as much as adults did when I was eight years old. I've worked all my life. What's wrong with working? See, I've got to go to work the next day. I'm telling you about some old-fashioned protracted meetings where I was there, and they stayed till 11 and 12 and 1 o'clock, and they got up at sunrise the next morning and went to work. I mean, when the Holy Ghost starts moving, we stop a lot of this nonsense. Hallelujah. You may be seated. One man came to my, I called my dad one Sunday afternoon. Years ago, my dad was pastoring the church, and, and he just quit pastoring two months ago, and he's 82 years old, and he's still preaching more now than he was when he's pastoring. That's true. He's preaching more every week than he was when he's pastoring trying to go all over Mississippi and Arkansas and Missouri and Illinois and preaching, and he's got one eye, the other, he's lost sight in one eye. Mama said, I ain't riding with a one-eyed man at, at night. Praise God. Hallelujah. Still preaching at 82. Still going. Glory to God. Just preached last week in Mississippi. Just preached last Sunday down in Arkansas. Praise God. But a man called him. I never will forget him. Been dead for years. His name was Brother Maloney. Not Baloney, but Maloney. Brother Maloney, I never will forget him. He was a bald-headed man, never had a hair on his head, not one, not even any fuzz. I never will forget old Brother Lee Maloney. He called my dad one Sunday afternoon, and he said, here's what he said. He said, Brother Goodair, I can't come to church tonight. My dad said, why is that? He said this, so help me God, I quote the right words. He said, I feel like that I might be aiming to take a cold. Now you figure that now, brother. 
I feel like that I might be aiming to take a cold. Well, bless God, aim in another direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing that makes a pastor feel better than to see the saints there. The, the, the sheep are there on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, on prayer meeting, on revivals, on midweek service. Come on. Hallelujah. I want my old church back where faithfulness was embedded in my heart. You may be seated. And I know what Brother Stringfellow's thinking. He just preached here tonight. Preached a wonderful message. I enjoyed that. I can tell you, I can read his mind right now. He just preached for me in January. Whole month of January. We have Bible study Tuesday night. We have church Sunday morning, Sunday night. We're starting a brand new daughter work in Chapel Hill. So I had him preach every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night in Durham. Had him preach in Chapel Hill every Wednesday night. We're starting a brand new church in Roxborough, 30 miles north. Had him preach there every Thursday night. Preaching Spanish service on Saturday night. Threw in a youth service on Friday night. That young man ain't never preached so much for so little in all of his life. Praise God. If we paid by the hour, boy, he'd have been in trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you know what? I love to go to church. Two men were sitting on a fishing bank one Sunday morning. Both of them was religious men. One of them turned to the other and said, you know, I feel real bad. He said, why is that? He said, my pastor is getting up to preach right now. It's about 11 o'clock, and my pastor is getting up to preach. Boy, I feel bad being out here. And the other guy said, well, I, I kind of feel bad too. But he said, I couldn't have gone to church today. He said, my wife was sick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we came into church, we went to ball games and stayed late. We went to the movies and stayed late. Some people drank whiskey and stayed late. Some partied and stayed late. Some danced and stayed late. Now we got the Holy Ghost and the devil says you can't go to church on Sunday and Sunday night. I'm telling you, we need a revival of faithfulness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, I got word for you tonight. I got a word from God for you. Don't call in sick to church. Call in sick. I said don't call in. Bless God, call in and get prayed for. And get anointed with oil in the name of the Lord. We'd have a lot more miracles if people would bring their sickness to church and be prayed for. Let's lift our hands and praise God. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated. Now let me move quickly to a close. Number three. I want my old church back. My old church preached separation from the world. When I got the Holy Ghost at 15, I was playing on the high school basketball team. We had one game to go. And if we won that game, we'd make the state tournament. Hallelujah. 
and I was averaging maybe 26 or so points a game, and I quit. I got the Holy Ghost. I took my, my, my uniform. I handed in the coach. I said, I ain't playing ball no more. You may be seated. Praise God. They lost that game. And the principal of the high school got up in an assembly with hundreds of kids and said, you can blame one fella for I'm not going to state tournament. And that's Johnny Godair. You got, you blame him. He's the cause of it. I sat there with a red face. But I want to tell you something. I live to see the day when that principal met my dad on the streets when I was evangelist and said, you tell your son, I apologize. I'm sorry. He's doing the right thing now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said my old church preached separation of the world. We didn't play Little League. We didn't play Pony League. We didn't play high school. We didn't play football. When you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't play basketball. You didn't play baseball. You quit the sports. No organized sports. You may be seated. I lost some of you right there. I felt it. I said, we don't need organized sports. You can go and play in a gym like they're going to do tonight. You're dressed right. You're dressed holy. It's God's people there. We have a gymnasium. We play basketball. We play volleyball. We play some other games. But we're dressed right. We act right. We don't play organized sports. I want my old church back. You say, Brother Godair, this is 2002. You got to let kids play on the football team and the basketball team. Hallelujah. Not in our church, they don't. If they're going to be used, if they're going to be a part of our church, no organized sports, period. That's it. You say you can't build a church that way, 2002. Well, we just had a revival in January with this ring fellow. 133 got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I just went for the homes last Wednesday night. We go night for last. And on Wednesday night service, his whole main floor was full and the balcony was almost full. Don't tell me you can't build a church in this hour preaching the truth. I've been to Colorado Springs. They have a great growing church. Hallelujah. I've been to Tulsa. They've got growing churches. Let me tell you, I don't want growth unless it's built on the word of God. I want my whole church back. There's some things that's about ready to die. We need to strengthen it. When I first came in church, ladies got rid of their pantsuits. When I first came in church, 
They got rid of their jewelry and their makeup. Ladies quit cutting their hair. Men started cutting theirs. When I first came in church, men got a haircut. Hallelujah. Ladies didn't wear short dresses and short splits and short sleeves and short anything else. Hallelujah. 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 I want my old church back where men come into church. They shave their mustache. They shave their beard. They get right with God. They become apostolic. I want my old church back. You may have seen the man told me here a while back. I talked to him about his beard. He said, I haven't got no convictions on that. And I said, I got enough for me and you both. Let me loan you some of mine. I said, until you can get some, I got enough for both of us. I said, just let me loan you some of mine. Praise God. He said, you're serious? I said, I'm dead serious. Came back to church the next service, and his beard was gone. Hallelujah. You know what I did? I loaned him some of my convictions. Praise God. If you haven't got any convictions yet, you get your pastor's convictions. You start measuring up to what the man of God is saying. I said, I want my old church back. Separation of the world. You may be seated. We started in Durham 29 years ago next month. No people. Didn't know a soul. No money. No members. We started trying to build a church. We got 11 families coming. Brother Chapel, got 11 families coming. Every one of them had TV. Every one of them had everything. They just come in church. One Sunday night, I opened my Bible, started to preach. Did you ever do that, Pastor? Sure you have. I started to preach a sermon. The Holy Ghost led me in a different direction. And I said, tonight is the night. And all of these were new people. I said, tonight's the night that the Holy Ghost is wanting you to move the television out of your house. In one week, 11 families got rid of their television. I want my old church back. Praise God. You say you still preach it? Still preach it. Hallelujah. Still expect it to be lived in the pew. Some preachers preach it, but they don't enforce it. It's not what you preach. It's what you enforce. Hallelujah. You're going to come on our platform. No television. You're going to come on our platform. Ladies, you can't cut your hair. Can't wear makeup. You can't wear man's apparel. Can't wear a beard and mustache. I'm going down the line. Hallelujah. You're going to sing. You're going to play music. You're going to be in the choir. You're going to be in the youth crowd. You're going to teach Sunday school. You're going to be an usher. I said I want my old church back. God have mercy. You may be seated. Musicians, please come. And don't play, just get ready to play. Just look real serious about it for a moment here. Number four, 
And I won't spend very long on these. I was having a graduation exercise at Yale University one year. I read the story. They had a man to speak from out of state, and he came, and he, he spoke for 30 minutes on Y, and he spoke for 30 minutes on A. He still had two more letters to go, Y-A-L-E, whatever, whatever letter meant. One of the old boys and sitting out in the audience turned to him and he said, I'm sure glad we're not graduating from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. We'd be here daylight in the morning. You, you can just relax. I'm quit fixing to quit. Praise God. But number four, my old church had unity in the church. There was a sweet presence of God. My old church preached against gossip. My old church preached against slandering one another. My old church preached against strife. My old church preached against jealousy. My old pastor said, if you don't get to sing, don't get mad about it. And if you don't play music, don't get upset about it. Praise God. My old church said, we don't need division. We don't need bad spirits. We don't need disunity. We don't need rebellion. We need revival. Hallelujah. We need unity. I want my old church back. Some people say, I can't go to church there. It's too cold. They leave their conditioner on too much. Some say it's too hot. Some say the PA is too loud and some say it's not loud enough. One little sweet Baptist lady came to our service about a month ago when I was shaking hands at the door. And I'm not criticizing the Baptists. I got some wonderful, sweet people. I would have got every one of them get the Holy Ghost. But I, I, I shook hands with her at the door, Brother Switzer, and she, she said, I really enjoyed the service. I said, thank you, ma'am. She said, are you open to criticism? I said, yes, yes, I am. I've been married 38 years. What do you think? Praise God. My wife's not here, I can say that. Anybody that gives her a tape will be shot on sight. Praise God. She said the PA was too loud. I said, ma'am, if you think it was too loud this morning, you ought to try it tonight. I said, tonight, we're going to blow this place up. Praise God, praise God. I'm not going to let somebody else try to tell us how to have a Pentecostal service. Glory. This is an apostolic church, a Jesus name church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want my old church back where it's loud, where folks shout, where they talk in tongues, where they clap their hands, where they shout hallelujah. You may be seated. I want my old church back where there's unity. Somebody said, I, didn't, I ain't going back to church there. The preacher's not friendly. He didn't speak to me. The saints never shook my hand. And I heard that preacher takes too much money.
man asked me one time a few years ago, he said, Pastor, could I ask you a question? I said, certainly. I don't know that I'll answer it, but you can ask it. And uh, he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, how much money do you take from this church are you making? I said, I wish you'd have been here the first year I was here and asked that. I said, when we didn't have no treasure and no, no money and no people, I wish you'd have been here then and asked that. I said, it's strange that you'd wait till now and ask it. I said, buddy, let me tell you something. I can face God in my conscience for what I'm taking from this church, but don't you try to restrict the pulpits. I still believe in an unfettered, unshackled pulpit. Hallelujah. Where the preacher is not a hireling, he's a shepherd. He's not out for salary. He's not out for hire. He's God's man. No church board is going to dictate what I make and what I preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You say, well, preachers are getting rich or wealthy. I don't think that's the case. There's very few of them that are. You show me a wealthy preacher, and I'll show you a hundred that can hardly pay their bills. Huh? I said, there's many a preacher that can't hardly pay their bills. Where were you when we desperately needed money to pay the bills? Obviously, as the church grows, the pastor's got to be honest with himself and with God. Hallelujah. No, sir, I don't take all the ties, but no secretary tells me how much to take, and no board member tells me how much to take, and no deacon, by the way, I don't have any, but no deacon tells me how much to take. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not here to brag, but I am here to say that we, we started with nothing, and we got nine buildings, and we got 34 vehicles, and we don't know what dime to nobody. Praise God. We didn't get that by the preacher living in Hawaii half of the time. You may be seated. No deacon board or any other board is to control the pulpit. Now, I don't enjoy confrontation. My friend, Brother Ron Garrett, who's here tonight, I think, he's trying to get into Fox's Book of Martyrs. And I'm trying to get into Guinness World Book of Records. Where is Brother Garrett? I'll talk to him after church, bless God. No, he's my friend. He loves God and loves the truth. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't want any crooked-nosed deacon trying to tell me what to preach. You're getting a little quiet now. I don't want no board member trying to put a hand on the pulpit. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. And finally... I want a church that's alive in worship. Somebody say worship. Worship that's spontaneous. Worship that's exuberant. Worship that's lively. Worship that's heartfelt. 
Revelation 3 and 1 in the Amplified Bible said you are supposed to be alive, but in reality, you're not dead. Or you are dead, rather. You are supposed to be alive, but in reality, you are dead. It's not pleasant to watch someone die. It's not pleasant to watch a church die. Worship the heartbeat of a church. You show me a dead church, and I'll show you a church that will never win souls. You show me a church that is dead. There's no hand clapping, no praising, no lifting hands, no worship, no shout, no joy, no exuberance, no glory to God, and hallelujahs. I'm going to show you a church that's not going to win any souls. I want my old church back. Ephesus, you've left your first love. Smyrna, I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Pergamus, you allow the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to eat things, sacrifice unto idols, and to commit fornication. Thyatira, you've suffered Jezebel to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things, sacrifice to idols. Sardis, you've got a name that you live, but you're dead. Sardis, you've got some things that haven't died, and it's time to strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Philadelphia, you've got an open door that no man can shut. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Laodicea, you are lukewarm, and I'll spew you out of my mouth. I want a church. I want my old church back. When I came into church, there was messages in tongues. There was interpretation. Hair stood up on the back of my head power of God moved in the church the folks sang with all of their heart they weren't too good at it but they sang with all of their heart if we're not careful we'll seek for too much professionalism in the, in the church professional preaching professional and I thank God for these musicians that is not a slam on them they are marvelous and I rejoice in their talents that's dedicated to God but I want to tell you you don't have to have professionalism on the platform to have the power of God in your church. I want my old church back where there's shouting, where there's praising, where there's worshiping, where there's an amen, where there's a hallelujah, where there's a praise the Lord, where somebody dances, where somebody shouts, where somebody runs the aisles. Let's all stand tonight. Let's lift our hands and let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands. Come on with a loud voice. Let's magnify the Lord tonight. I want my old church back. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, young people. How was it when you came into Pentecost? I want the glory of God in my heart. I want a pulpit that's unfettered and unshackled. I want a church where amazing grace can be sung and power in the blood. Let's let the Holy Ghost move here for a little while right now. If we're not careful, we can sing a bunch of meaningless little ditties and meaningless little choruses that have no substance. I want to be able to sing Amazing Grace. 
there is a fountain filled with blood. I want to be able to sing there's power in the blood. I want to do more than just juke and jive to the gyrations and beat to the music. I want a church where people dance and shout and run the aisles instead of choreography or practice dancing. I want a church where Jesus is lifted up and preached as the mighty God, the true and the living God. I want a church, and I'm not trying to be mean tonight, but I'm going to say what I feel right now. I want a church where the apostolic preacher is still with his first wife. Unless there's been a death. Unless there's been a death. I want to go to church where the apostolic preacher, unless there's been a death, has still got his first wife. I want a church where the preachers treat their fellow pastor with respect and with ministerial ethics and courtesy. I want a church where people love one another and fellowship is sweet. I want old church back. It was not a fashion show, but people from all walks of life were welcome and the drunk came in and the drug addict come in and the street walker came in and somebody didn't feel too holy to go and put their arm around them and say, I love you. Jesus loves you. He wants to save you tonight. I want my old church back where the hearts of the people are filled with love. There's a love for every sinner. There's a love for every backslider. There's enough backsliders in Tulsa to fill every one of your churches. There's enough backsliders in Durham to fill our church. There's enough backsliders in most of our towns and cities to fill our churches. I want a church the old-fashioned church where the backslider comes back to church like Ricky Wills did three years ago. He'd been away 15 years, and Ricky came back to church, and he prayed back through, and he hadn't missed a lick since then. And he told me, he said, Pastor, the best thing about this church is I was gone 15 years, and when I came back, it was, it was still like it was. I want a church where Jesus is preached in all of his beauty and glory and power. I want my old church back where hell was preached hot and eternity long. I want my old church back where heaven was preached as a wonderful, beautiful place that made all the trials and tribulations worthwhile. No, we don't necessarily have to go back to a brush arbor. We don't have to go back to a tent or a little rented schoolhouse or a storefront or a little building across the tracks. You can have that same glory in the most beautiful building that you can build. Somebody said, we need our brush arbors back. No. Somebody said, we need an old tent meeting back. Well, that's all right if you want to have one, but that's not the great need. Somebody said, what we need is our old storefronts back. We used to feel God's power there. Let me tell you, if you've got the real Holy Ghost, 
you can feel the power of God in a beautiful edifice just as much as you could in a storefront. I want my whole church back. I want the anointing, the glory, the power, the virtue. I want my old church back where sinners can walk in and feel smitten by conviction and weep their way to an altar. I've seen them start to come to an altar and never even get there but fall on their knees and start crying out to God. I want that old-fashioned power and glory of God back in the church. Every church here and have that power and glory. I don't care if you got 15 or 500 or, or 1,000 or, or 30 in your church. Every church represented here tonight can have the old-fashioned power and the glory of God. Let's seek the Lord. Would you lift your hands with me right now and worship God? I know it's getting late, but right now I wish that there'd be some men and women and young people, maybe preachers and their wives, maybe precious saints of God of all ages that would say, you'd walk down this aisle and stand at this front and say, I don't ever want to lose the old-fashioned power of God in our church. I don't want to lose the touch of his power. Who is it that would walk out from these chairs and come forward with me as we sing? Hallelujah. That would come up here and pray with us tonight and say, I, I don't ever want to lose that glory and that power.